You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I'm your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome in. It is a Friday, Memorial Day weekend edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski, right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And first and foremost, I hope everybody out there has a happy, safe, and blessed Memorial Day weekend. I think it's very important that on this Memorial Day weekend, as you're maybe enjoying a barbecue, maybe having a cold one, you're watching some baseball, you're watching some basketball, just take 30 seconds, take a minute, and honor our fallen men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice for this country. So I don't want that to get lost in the shuffle here on Memorial Day weekend. And I got a lot to chew on, and today it's me so I'm in one of those moods. I I got a lot on my plate. I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff out there, and I just wanted to have a moment to connect with you guys now over these next couple minutes, and that is exactly what we will do. Um, I'm going to start with the baseball. And then I'm going to get to the overarching topic that I've been thinking a lot about this week that I want you guys to chew on, that I want you guys to digest. And maybe you'll bring it up at a barbecue. Maybe you'll bring it up if you're out at the bar down the Jersey Shore, out in the Hamptons, around New York City. You know, one little dirty little secret, these holiday weekends are a great time to be in the city. I know the beach towns are great. I know it's rocking. I know it's a vibe and a scene. But when I can be around New York City, and there is nobody around, but yet the bars are still hopping. And there's still that New York City vibe without all of the stress of New York City. Trust me, it is, it's life-altering. Like, I'm very thankful I'm going to be in the city Friday and Saturday. I'll be gone Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but at least we'll be in the city on Thursday and Friday, and I'll be enjoying the good vibes. So there's something to chew on there. All right, the baseball. I'm starting with the Yankees. 
They lose two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles. And I, I think the takeaway you need to have from this particular series is that, yes, the Yankees have righted the ship. Yes, the Yankees look like a much better baseball team than the one we saw at the end of April. But this AL East is no joke. This AL East is going to be a gauntlet, a gauntlet all year. And if you're a Yankee fan, you should be thanking your lucky stars that balanced scheduling has become a thing in Major League Baseball. Because if the Yankees were looking at 18 games with Tampa and 18 games with Toronto and 18 games with Boston and 18 games with these Orioles, who are very feisty, very spunky, and are learning how to win by the minute, that Yankee win total would be plummeting. And you've seen in baseball, if you look at the numbers, it is eye-opening what the American League East teams are doing when they escape the American League East. They're playing incredibly well. In the division, far more of a dogfight. And I would say, in all honesty, the Yankees deserve to lose two out of three games to the Baltimore Orioles this weekend. Or this week. They did. They were lucky to win a game on Tuesday. Cole was not great. Judge bails him out. Volpe hit the sack fly. Now you make the argument they should have won the game on Wednesday. And I know everybody's waiting for me to roast Aaron Boone. Who, yes, does not have a great feel for the game as Yankee manager. We all know that. But his starter had a low pitch count. He tried pushing him. He's got a tax bullpen. They've played a bunch of games in a short amount of time. Didn't work out. And then Cordero completely blew up. And he ended up losing that game. Thursday, Yankee bats were non-existent. Credit Gibson, credit the Oriole pitching, but the Yankee bats were non-existent until the bottom half of the ninth inning. When it was too little, too late. Baltimore could play. So it behooves the Yankees, when they get out of the American League East, like they will this weekend, against the underachieving, disappointing San Diego Padres, go and have a big weekend. You have Severino on the mound on Saturday. You're, you have Cole Severino. I don't know how they have it. It's Seve Saturday, Cole Sunday, and then somebody I've never heard of is pitching on Friday. And, of course, I'm going to the game on Friday night, so I'm going to see the guy I've never heard of before. So that kind of is on brand for my luck, and, and that's just the way things go. But not the least bit surprised the Yankees had trouble with Baltimore. Don't look at the Orioles as the same old Orioles. They will be a pain in the ass all damn year. So I hope the Yankee fans are aware of that after watching these games Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. Big takeaway for the Mets. And actually, before we do that, because I wanted to bring this up. I like when Aaron Boone shows fire. So I know it's going to sound very hypocritical of me saying, JJ, you want to see fire out of the Yankee manager, but you're going to get on him for getting ejected out of all these games. Listen, his business with the umpires, be that as it may, it's now overkill with Aaron Boone getting thrown out of these games. Is it not? I mean, he got thrown out on Sunday. He gets thrown out tonight. It, like, loses its effect. Like, that's my thought when I'm watching Boone go ballistic when he gets tossed by the umpire. I love the fire. I love the passion. But when you're doing it every night, it kind of runs hollow, does it not? To the point where the umpire is going to be like, all right, screw you. You're the guy that just does nothing but yell at umpires on a consistent basis. Screw you. You're not getting any calls. I worry about that a little bit. So I thought it was a little overkill from Boone tonight. And I kill Boone all the time. I didn't with the Nesta situation, to be fair. I didn't. Now, from a Met perspective, Thursday night's a huge deal. I'm going to tell you why it's a huge deal. 
They got the best start they've had from Carlos Carrasco in a long, long time. Carlos Carrasco is somebody the Mets were counting on to really solidify things in the back half of their rotation. All right, you know about Verlander, you know about Scherzer. Senga has been very up and down. We saw that on Wednesday night. He's been money at home. Senga has been awful on the road. He's walking way too many guys. He's throwing way too many pitches. And the Mets are doing everything in their power to set up Senga. Not having him go twice in a week. Giving him the extra day whenever they can. Let's be real about this. The Mets have been very favorable in trying to accommodate every single one of his former requests. I don't think it's coming from Kodai. I just think it's the team looking at what happened in Japan and trying to duplicate that success. But if you're going to do that, you want him to pitch better than this. And he's been way too up and down, and he's been way too inconsistent for my liking. But Carrasco getting on track is a gigantic deal for the Mets. I don't need Carrasco to go and be Verlander. What I need him to be is stabilizing. Give me six to seven innings. Give me two to three to four runs on a consistent basis. Don't have me in a position where I'm burning out my freaking bullpen with back-end starters night after night after night. Those times through the rotation come through. Mets can't afford that. Number one, their bullpen is not deep enough. Number two, for the guys who are in that bullpen, it is going to destroy them. So they can't afford that. That's why they start, after losing the first two games of this series, to give him the sort of length that he gave him. Super impressed by what I saw out of Carlos Carrasco. Super, super impressed. The mid offense showed up in a big way. I love the over in this game, by the way. Gave it out on Baseball Night in New York. Uh, if you're watching that Thursday afternoon, early evening on SNY, that is what you call a big fat winner. Mets salvage things. They got to go get fat against the Colorado Rockies. Minimum take two out of three. But what we have in New York baseball, and it's pretty crazy to think about this because Aaron Judge missed a couple weeks, but we may have ourselves a good old-fashioned home run chase between the two big sluggers in town. And at this point in time, you could make the argument, in fact, I would make the argument, that the best two power hitters in all baseball reside in the two boroughs of New York City. Aaron Judge in the Bronx for the Yankees. Pete Alonso, who hit number 20 tonight and is now on pace for 60 home runs in 2023. Doing his thing in the borough of Queens. Wouldn't mind an old-fashioned home run chase between those two dudes. We'll see if Pete can make a run at 62, 63. Can we see the same sort of deal from Aaron Judge again here in 2023? I wouldn't rule it out. As long as that dude is able to play, he's able to go and dominate. So that, that's something that we got to be mindful of is we kind of go through the summer grind, the watching baseball on a day-in and day-out basis. Both teams clearly have their work cut out as far as trying to chase down Tampa for the Yankees in the AL East, Atlanta for the Mets in the NL East. but. Alonzo and Judge, assuming health is on their side, they are poised for monstrous, monstrous years. So, Pete keeps raking. And that homer he hit tonight at Wrigley Field. I mean, right field, that sort of power that way, big boy shit right there. That's exactly what it is. Now, 
I thought about this over the last few days because Carmelo Anthony officially retired. As far as I'm concerned, Carmelo's been retired for the last couple of years, but he made it, he made it official. He wanted all the pomp and circumstance. He wanted the Instagram post. He wanted everyone from the Syracuse community to the Nick community to the, the basketball community, you name it, to have their take and have their say. Carmelo will go down as one of the most polarizing athletes in New York sports. He did a lot of good with the Knicks. First of all, he wanted to be here. And when you think about the history of the Knicks, especially over the last 20 years, there aren't a whole lot of guys before Carmelo and now, of course, with Jalen Brunson, who actually said, yeah, I want to take on this challenge. I actually want to embrace the pressure, the magnitude, the stage that is the city of New York in that Knickerbocker uniform. Carmelo wanted to be here in 2011. He chose to stay here when his contract ran out. So I admire that about him. His scoring prowess is unmatched. He's one of the best pure scorers in the history of the NBA. The dude could get a bucket whenever the hell he wanted to get a bucket. Why is Carmelo Anthony a polarizing player? It's very simple. His teams didn't win enough. And he got his numbers. He got his buckets. Didn't win a whole lot in the playoffs for the Knicks. Got there three times, won one playoff series. And the last couple of years, Carmelo Anthony couldn't even sniff the postseason with the Knicks. So, at least in my circles, the people I know that I spend a lot of time talking to, you know, I haven't been to a bar in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, so I haven't had the ballroom chatter, but you get it. You're, you're Brooklyn chatter, you're Staten Island chatter, you're, you're street chatter, you're group chat, chatter. It's been front and center on, all right, are the Knicks going to retire Carmelo Anthony's number? And, Look, full disclosure, they're going to retire because it's a money grab for the franchise. He's an identifiable player and he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer. So from that standpoint, it's an easy sell for the franchise. It's an easy sell. There will be plenty of Knicks fans that push back on that. I guarantee you there are Knicks fans that are listening to this podcast as we speak and there are Knicks fans, well, I know they're in my life, who say, total BS, don't retire his number. I have a caveat for Carmelo's number being retired. And this is why my pea brain works the way that it works. Because we had to do something this week for our local angle on FanDuel TV, which, by the way, you got to check out. You got all the local pods. Uh, I'm on there. All the other guys prominently featured. They did a fantastic job with it. But I wanted something that was kind of ever clear for the week. And it dawned on me that our New York, New York audience should be made aware of it. Who are five players in New York currently that should have their numbers retired by the respective teams? And the problem you run into with the Yankees is they've retired so many numbers. You wonder if they're running out of guys. They haven't. And two of those guys actually are on my list. Uh, but if you're wondering for me, if Carmelo Anthony's numbers should be retired, I actually would argue yes. Because he's going to be a Hall of Famer, because of the special things he did in a Nick uniform, I'm okay with that. Even though he didn't have the career of Ewing, even though he didn't have the career of Clyde and Willis Reed or any of these guys, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Did a lot of that in a Nick uniform. I'm honoring that. But if you were going to retire the number of Carmelo Anthony, let's be fair about this. You have to retire the number of Bernard King. For the younger Nick fan, 
that doesn't get it and doesn't have a clue. And listen, I didn't see Bernard King's career, but do yourself a favor, go on YouTube, go watch some of the highlights, and thank me later. So two of the five names on my list that absolutely have to be there from a retirement standpoint, Mello and King. It's a package deal. You cannot retire Carmelo Anthony's number if you're not going to retire Bernard King's number. It's as simple as that. Either they both get retired or neither one gets retired. Both should get retired. That's my personal take. That's my feeling. Now, there are two guys for the Yankees who absolutely need the number retired. One is an obvious one. The other is also obvious, but he's not obvious because of a lot of tainted records and bad blood and a lot of that stuff. We'll get to that momentarily. CC Sabathia is going to be retired by the Yankees. He played for the team for a decade. He won their last World Series in 2009, was a big part of it, was the LCS MVP. And, you know, it's crazy to think about CC Sabathia as a guy who played in New York for a decade, but he did. 2009 to 2019, CC spent a lot of time with the Yankees. Think about it this way. When he goes into Cooperstown, which he will, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer without hesitation. And you think about what cap he's going to be wearing in Cooperstown. He's not going to be wearing a Cleveland Indians cap. He's not going to be wearing a Milwaukee Brewers cap. CC Sabathia is going to be wearing a New York Yankees cap. So for anybody who's going to make the argument to me, well, his number shouldn't be retired. Look at the look at the history of the franchise. Look at the pitching numbers he put up. And think about his place in baseball and Yankee history. It's there. So I expect that honor for CC Sabathia. Now, the last one, and I know the Yankees are never going to do this, but they should. And they should get off their high horse with this nonsense. Alex Rodriguez. And before you even stop me, and I know many of you listening are going to say, JJ is a cheat. I don't want to cheat in Monument Park. Well, did the Red Sox honor David Ortiz? They sure did. Did the Yankees honor a guy who, yes, said he used HGH, didn't know it was HGH, and I love him. He's one of my favorites, Andy Pettit. He's Andy Pettit in Monument Park. How about the Giants? Giants have honored Barry Bonds, have they not? Cardinals and Mark McGuire, like, we all know Alex Rodriguez used steroids. We all know it. And I get what A-Rod is different. He embarrassed the organization. He had the year suspension. Takapina going on Mike and embarrassing himself on Mike. Like, this. there's a lot of humiliation with Alex Rodriguez. But you know what else there is? A lot of excellence. All the 30 home run seasons. Two MVPs. And... You don't have 2009 without him. CC, A-Rod, you don't have 2009 without those two guys. CC will be there. You know they're not going to put Alex Rodriguez in Monument Park. If I ran the Yankees, I would. I would. So those are my five. So what I want you guys to do over the weekend, giving you guys a little bit of a homework assignment. Think of a New York athlete, not in that five, that should have his number retired. Think about it. Could be football-related. Could be hockey-related. Lundquist, they took care of that honor with the Rangers a couple of years ago. But true on that. 
as you may be scarfing down a hot dog or down a nice cold beverage. What New York athlete deserves his number in the rafters or in uh, the wall at City Field or in Monument Park out of Yankee Stadium? Because I think when it's all said and done, Carmelo Anthony, he's going to have that number with that. We'll take a couple of calls when we come back, and then we'll set the stage for what's coming up this weekend. A shorty Memorial Day weekend podcast. We're coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, voicemail time. Let's have some fun here. Um, Quickie today, because we'll be back on Sunday. I may even have a bonus basis for you guys at some point this week. Maybe it'll be over the weekend. Maybe it'll be after game six of the Celtic Heat game. It depends. That game's got to be worth my while for me to hop on, to be honest with you. If it is, I'll do it. If it's not, I won't. And weird weekend of New York baseball where the Yankees are playing the Padres I thought this series would have far more sizzle. It doesn't because the Padres have been so disappointing and so underachieving. And you knew going into the year, Mets Rockies was not exactly going to light your eyes up and knock your socks off. But you'll have Scherzer and Verlander going in this series. Altitude, of course, field. Always a tough place to pitch. Curious to see how those guys are going to handle that environment. It is always interesting if you're a guy throwing a baseball, playing a game of course field. You can't expect good things to happen when you're in that ballpark, at least if you're a pitcher. If you're a hitter, it's where you expect to get your batting average fat and you expect to go to work. And pumped and annoyed at the same time that we have a game six. I think it's great. I love that Saturday night my plans are made. 8.30, boom, TNT, and away we go. But one thing that I am absolutely sick and tired of, and I've seen way too much of it over the last 48 hours. I talked about it with our guys over at East Coast Bias. Can we stop with the 2004 Red Sox stuff? I can't take it anymore. How many times do I need to see a bloody sock? How many times do I need to see Kevin Moore? 
How many freaking times do I need to see this? Enough. Can't take it anymore. Cannot take it anymore. It's going to drive me up a wall. And, and listen, I'd prefer the Heat to win. I don't want to see the Celtics in the final, but like it's not, I'm not that invested in the Miami Heat. I'm just that invested in the idea that I'm not going to have an other, uh, another 03 Boston story that everyone is going to gush about. Bill from Los Angeles is going to write another book and make more millions. And Brian Barrett's going to be all giddy on his podcast. I don't want to hear it. I want him out. I don't know if Miami has uh, enough gas left in the tank. I'm concerned. With this Vincent injury, Lowry all of a sudden now looks shot. And I know Miami coming back home, Jimmy Butler's going to be ready to go. But something has changed within the dynamic of this series. And over the last two games, the Celtics are defending way better. They're hitting a lot more threes. They're moving the ball a lot better. It's concerning. I don't need another 0-3 Boston comeback in my life. I don't need it. I don't want to think about it. I don't even want to put it in the air. Please, don't do it to me. All right, voicemails, 917-382-1151. Let's hear a few. Go ahead, Carlos. Hey, JJ, it's Anthony from Tom's River. Um, I actually have a Nick point for you. So we just heard the other day that Carmelo Anthony is retiring from the NBA. And um, he had a couple great seasons with the Knicks, and uh, especially the the year that they uh, got to the second round. And, you know, unfortunately they lost to the Pacers in six, but that's probably the best team that he was on. Uh, my question is, is what do you think of this whole number retirement for Carmelo Anthony uh, as a New York Knicks? You know, he had some good seasons, uh, probably underwhelming uh, once we uh, the Knicks acquired him back in, I think it was 2011. Um, obviously, there was much higher hopes. Um, had his moments, was a great player, Hall of Famer, top 75 player. But in terms of as a Knicks player, do you think his number would be retired? Uh, kind of curious uh, to get your take. I know you're a Syracuse grad as well and a Knicks fan, so uh, just kind of want to know your thoughts on it. Thanks, JJ. Very appropriate call, Anthony. And I can understand a Knicks fan looking at the resume and feeling underwhelmed. Even though Carmelo's a future Hall of Famer and has had an illustrious career scoring the basketball. Like, is his career anywhere close to what Patrick Ewing achieved as a Knickerbocker? Not even close. Not even close. Like, Patrick Ewing blows his career completely out of the water. I think we all know that. But when I look at a guy who's a Hall of Famer, played a good chunk of a Hall of Fame career with the New York Knicks, and did the special things on the court that Carmelo did, I'm going to honor that. But like I said, I think it's insulting to Bernard King, who had a very similar career to Carmelo Anthony, to now all of a sudden say, well, we're going to retire Carmelo's number because it's cool and it's in vogue. And, you know, Carmelo is obviously a household name to a lot of younger Knicks fans, but we're not going to honor Bernard King. To me, that's that's a mistake. So my advice to the Knicks brass, and maybe I'm getting nicer in my older years, but it's twofold. You either retire both of these numbers or you retire none of these numbers. Like, it's not right to me if Carmelo Anthony's number is up in the rafters and Bernard King's not alongside of him. It's an easy, easy, easy sell. Both of those guys, to me, are deserving of the honor. They are. Because of what they provided on the court. Maybe they didn't win as much 
as other guys who were up there. But performance-wise, oh, they performed. And they are a big part of the history of the Knicks. Bernard King is, and of course, Carmelo Anthony is, despite the fact that his teams didn't win a whole lot. Big part of history of the Knicks. And when you're a Hall of Famer, and he is a Hall of Famer, and you look at that like back of the basketball card. Mel was a Nick from 2010, 2011 till what, 16, 17, give or take? It's a long time. Disappointing career in many regards, but I'm A-OK with the honor as long as Bernard King is with him. All right, who's next? JJ, it's Phil from Bedford. Uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record at this point, but I, I just can't handle this Vogelback thing. I'm, I'm sitting here, and I should be happy that the message just rallied for three runs with two outs, nobody on. And I'd watch Vogelback take a call third strike for the second consecutive at that. This guy doesn't swing. It's, it's not like, you know, it's not like he's hitting 190 and he's hitting some, uh, some bad luck here. The guy doesn't swing. He goes up there looking to walk every time up. And I don't understand what Buck is doing. His quotes pregame, Buck's quote is, they've been making good pitches on him. Are you, are you kidding me with this crap? I mean, Viendos comes up. He's the hottest hitter in the minor leagues. He homers in his first game. He has a big hit in the comeback against Cleveland, and you sit him on the bench all week. I mean, what are we doing here? I don't understand this. I honestly think it's Epler refusing to make uh, to admit that he made a mistake by trading for Vogel back. Holderman has been lights out for for Pittsburgh, and how badly could you use him in the bullpen? And Buck just continues to pretend like this is not happening. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, what do you do at this point, JJ? Later. Phil, I totally understand your point. Vogelbach's been a disaster. And last year, he got on base at a high level. Didn't do much else. He's not even doing that at a high level this year. I'm sick and tired of seeing him. And here's the biggest problem with Vogelbach. For a guy who's built the way he's built, he should be hitting the ball out of the ballpark a lot more. Should he not? He does not have the power that I thought he was going to provide against right-handed pitching. So, I would like to see a Met lineup with Escobar in it more. I really would. Escobar, remember, came alive in the second half last year. And you know what I love about Escobar? He's been an absolute pro. He got benched. He didn't whine. He didn't cry. He's worked. And he's been better kind of in that sub role. Two guys who deserve a lot of credit in that regard. Escobar for the Mets. ICAF for the Yankees. Now, you guys knew I couldn't stand ICAF as a Yankee shortstop. Didn't hit enough everyday shortstop, and his defense was awful. ICAF playing two or three days a week does not bother me. It doesn't. A little in the outfield, a little at third base. He's been a little bit of a spark plug for the Yankees. But from a Met lineup perspective, I get McNeil back in the outfield. I throw Escobar over at second base. And if that means Mark Cannon's losing playing time, so be it. Or maybe a DHM. Vogelback's time with the Mets should be coming to an end. And at least now, I don't have to hear any of these ridiculous narratives about Francisco Alvarez being sent down. You know how stupid that is? Like, in all seriousness, you realize how stupid that conversation is? Like, I didn't even want to bring it up in the open today because I'm, like, so over it. So over it. I did it on TV the last, like, two to three days. It's not even up for discussion. I mean, did you see the home run he hit at Wrigley Field the other day into the wind? Guy is a dude, man. You got to play him. His defense has been a problem. He's one of the best young prospects in all baseball. He plays. No other way to say it. He plays. So, 
I understand that Vogelback frustration. I do. All right, let's take one more. Hey, JJ, this is Mikey from Brooklyn Heights. First time, long time. Uh, first off, congratulations on your engagement. That's awesome. Uh, I got married six months ago, and trust me, you know you'll want to pull your hair out by the end of the process. Uh, it'll be the best day of your life. It's so worth it. Uh, I want to talk about our New York baseball Yankees for a second. First, judges God, we all know that. Incredible. Um, also, Rizzo, what an absolute cosmic professional. Always shows up at big spots. I want to make two quick points. First about Volpe, you know, I see some fans, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not, uh, you know, listening to the right people. I see a lot of fans are still somewhat concerned about him, uh, just given, you know, the lack of average, a couple of errors. Uh, I mean, I don't see it. The, the kid's 22 years old and he's already playing really good baseball. I mean, we have at least three games in the last week and a half where he's been the deciding factor. Right, I mean the, the Friday game against the Rays, we hit the home run and the uh, and the go ahead double. Hit the home run against Toronto here, of course. You know, coming up in the bottom of the tenth, first pitch, he has violence on his mind. Gets a big sack fly. I love the kid already. I think he's gonna be a stud. Uh, the main point I want to make today is about Harrison Bader. I think this guy, obviously, other than Judge, um, I think he's the most explosive player on our ball club. We haven't had a guy like him in center field since Bernie Williams. That's my, maybe my little hot take. Uh, everything this guy does is fast, strong, explosive, violent. I, he's just an absolute spark plug. And when he's going, um, I think it's a completely different ball club. He needs to stay healthy. They need to lock him up uh, long term. I know it's been a short uh, sample size, but um, I think – after Judge, he might be the most important player on the team. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks a lot, man. Bye. Listen, join the club. I guess I should say I'm joining the club because you're leading that Harrison Bader charge. I'm right there with you. I love everything about his game. He plays with reckless abandon. It's all heart. It's all effort. He's diving, making unbelievable plays in center field. And... I think my biggest surprise with Bader has been that his defense, yes, is outstanding. That's not a surprise. His offense is way better than I thought it would be. And I don't know if he's found something from a power standpoint. You didn't watch him every day when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals, so it's tough to like identify the it factor, the clutch factor. But yeah, he's one of the most indispensable Yankees. Listen, they need Judge to play. They go as Judge goes. We all know that. But Bader is one of those guys when he plays and when he doesn't play. Look at the Yankees last year when they brought him into the lineup in September. They had a great month of September, and I thought he was a big part of it. This year, they got this season turned around. He was, in many ways to me, one of the main reasons why. He's one of the most valuable Yankees. I don't think you're going out on a limb by saying that in the least. Now, center field for the Yankees since Bernie Williams has not been great. You think about it. You had Damon there for a couple of years and you moved him out because his body couldn't handle it. He had to go to left field. You had Melky for a year or two. You had Gardner for a long time. Ellsbury, who was a disaster. Then you go back to Gardner. And yeah, they've been searching. Hicks, they've been, they've been searching for a legit center field. And I'm with you on Harrison Bader. He needs to be a part of the equation for the Yankees going forward. And that's... One of the things that scares me in comparing the Yankees to a team like Baltimore, Baltimore is a very athletic bunch. Very, 
Very athletic bunch. That's why the Yankees need guys like Volpe, to your point, and Bader to provide that source of athleticism so that it's not just the, the lumbering, big, home run or bust type of Yankees. I think they're trying to change that vibe. They are. But it needs more from Volpe, who I agree is going to be fine, but you need more out of him the second half of the year. Bader's got to keep it going. And a guy who's really got to step up for the Yankees is LeMayu. LeMayu, let's be real about this, has not been the same guy he was in 2019 and 2020. Last year, he was for the first half, and then the injuries just took its toll. You got to wonder with DJ LeMayu if he's either 100% right or he's just not the same guy he used to be. But that's problematic from the Yankees' standpoint. All right, we'll wrap it up. Get you ready for game six of the conference finals. We'll have a play on that and set the stage for what's coming up this weekend. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, before we say goodbye, uh, Jeff Money, I'm sure, is going to have a pick uh, on Game 6 of the Conference Finals. I, too, have a pick on Game 6 of the Conference Finals. Let's see if we are uh, lock and step, Jeff Money. Go ahead. Up, JJ. Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks would be for Saturday the 27th, Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm, I'm not sure what the line is yet, but I'm rolling with the Celtics. who's going to go with the Florida. I'll see if they can pull the unbelievable and get the four in a row there. So I'm going to roll with the Celtics. I'm sure you have a line right now after uh, leaving this voicemail. There was no line at the moment, so I want to get it after. So I'm rolling with the Celtics. See if we got a family play, and everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Um, maybe this is my heart talking. I don't know. But we do not have a family play for game six of the conference finals. I'm going to be on the Miami Heat. I just find it hard to believe that Eric Spolstra as a coach and Jimmy Butler are going to now go and lose four straight games. And if they lose game six, they're dead in game seven. Dead, 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 dead in game seven. I think Miami gets it done in game six. I don't know if it's a Herculean effort out of Jimmy Butler. I don't know if it's one of the Miami role players really stepping up and having a moment. I know Boston's defense has looked outstanding. And I know their three-point shot has been there. And when they are shooting threes and when they are playing defense, they've overwhelmed Miami. But I can't ignore what I saw in the first three games of this series. So I'm going to grab those three points. I'm going to say a prayer because maybe this is my heart talking a little bit. And hopefully come Saturday night, and at the end of our Memorial Day weekend, we are not talking about history repeating itself. Nobody in New York needs to be reminded, at least Yankee fans, 
of what happened in 2004. You don't want to join that club. It's not pleasant. It's not pretty. And with the Yankees and the Red Sox, you're always and forever going to be reminded of it because of how earth-shattering and how seismic it was in the baseball world, in the sports world, and just changed everything about the history that you knew before it. I mean, 86 years, 1918, like that was, was vernacular in the Bronx. And then all of a sudden that just disappeared. Just like that. And, you know, Bill from Los Angeles got uh, his dying peace book. Great. Good for him. Love Bill from Los Angeles. We really do. But, like, he doesn't need another 3 lifetime comeback, okay? He got his miracle. Great. It's over. It's done with. I, I don't need another one in my lifetime. Please. For that city, please. Not in the mood. Not in the mood. I hope everybody has a very happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Uh, enjoy it. We'll be back Sunday. We will have something cooking on Sunday because we'll wrap up the weekend in baseball. I want you guys to dive in. Number that should be retired in New York sports. Think about it. And leave us a voicemail at 917-382-1151. Maybe do a little Ask Me Anything as well on Sunday. I, I think it's time for a little Ask Me Anything on a Memorial Day weekend. So you true on that. Thanks for Carlos for helping out in Stefan's absence. And uh, I very much look forward to getting the scouting report from Stockholm, Sweden. Looked like uh, some of my ringer colleagues were uh, enjoying themselves over the last few days. Good for them. Good for them. On that note, we are out. Enjoy your weekend. JJ out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.